Welcome to a God Shift podcast, where we equip Christian women to harness the power of their influence and authority to counteract the plans of the enemy, advance the purposes of God, plus learn ways to mobilize other women to blaze the same trail. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I am a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. You're in the right place to learn effective strategies to be a force for godly change. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler. Thank you so much for being here today. And before we get started, I have a favor to ask you. So wherever it is that you're listening to this episode, I want you to take a screenshot. With that screenshot, I want you to post it on your social media, tag us here at A God Shift, and then I just want to hear your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway from this episode. And the reason why I ask people to do that is because I know that there are so many believers that really want to do more to uphold Christian values, and a lot of people just don't know where to start. And so as many times as possible that these episodes can be shared, the more people that can have the strategies of how to move forward in this way. So I thank you so much um, in advance for doing that. So I'm excited about my guest today. I know I say that every time, but the Lord just really blesses me to interview some phenomenal people that I'm truly like so excited about. Um, And I'm always excited about the ones that I can interview in the morning because then I don't have to think about it all day. All right, here we go. I'm going to read my guest bio and then we're going to get started with what I know is going to be a great interview. As director of parent support for his wonderful work since 2013 and host of the award-winning podcast, The Bridge Between Us, loving your LGBTQ identified child without compromising truth, my guest today has been able to minister to families with children and loved ones who have embraced an LGBTQ identity. Having a daughter involved in that community for over 11 years, my guest knows what it's like to grieve the choices our loved ones have made and understands the helplessness when things aren't as we had hoped. Through her healing journey and the healing relationship with her daughter, she is passionate about emboldening and equipping parents to join Jesus Christ where he is at work in their life and family. Along with meeting families one-on-one, she has had the opportunity to speak life into the lives of many families through radio, TV, podcast interviews, and guest blogging. She is an international speaker who often speaks at family conferences, church ministry events, and parent groups to equip families and the church to love while not compromising truth. You will find her and her husband, Ron, on the south side of Atlanta, Georgia. Together, they have four children and four grands. Her kitchen is notorious for impromptu dance parties, and her porch is loved for long talks, slow swinging, and sweet tea. Gotta love my sweet tea. The outdoors is where she loves to spend most of her time hiking, reading, and enjoying lazy lake days. I'm excited to welcome to the show, Melinda Patrick. Hey, Shana. It's so good to be with you today. Yes, I. that sounds like a house I want to be in. Y'all are dancing. Yeah. People tell me all the time, like, you're always singing. The most, most random times, <laughs> the most random things. So, like, if I can sing randomly and dance randomly, your house is a place that I want to be. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you're like this. But I would be having a conversation with a person and all of a sudden, like a music lyric will just pop up like, oh, I know a song for that. (laughs) Yes. And sometimes they think I'm pretty strange. Oftentimes they probably think I'm pretty strange. Um, Even when I'm in the car, I'm like, if people are looking at me, they are like, she is jamming. And sometimes things I've made up 
or it's just random stuff that tunes that kind of stick in my mind. And so, yeah, I'm a little weird like that. So, Melinda, I want to get into this conversation. There are um, a lot of things that I see going on in this postmodern world, if you want to call that, that that are, um, I love how you said, like, how helpless you can feel how things go when you had not, you know, when when things go in a way that you hadn't hoped. And I don't know, well, I did see a video one day that I wanted to choke this lady. I probably shouldn't say that on a Christian podcast, but I did. She was holding this baby up. The baby was literally six weeks old. And she was saying, God, please let this baby be gay. Please be gay. Please be gay. Like over this six-week-old baby. And I just wanted to cry, scream, and choke her all at the same time. And so when I look at all the things that I see going on um, with LGBTQ, um, gender confusion, attack on Israel, you know, I could go on and on and on with the things that I see that I think are attempting to erode, you know, the foundational Christian values that you and I hold so dear. And so I'm curious, in your um, research and your time and being in this world, why do you think that LGBTQ as is at such an all-time high? One, I believe that the church has not handled this well in the past. We are growing. We are getting better. But in the past, we have not handled this well. Um, another thing is, as followers of Christ, one reason why we see, I believe, we see such a big shift and now even the church beginning to compromise um, and I, I'm going to say the lowercase c church right there, yeah. because I believe yeah. the true capital C church is standing strong, is proceeding forward and um, equipping, being equipped to love well while not compromising. Um, but we see many lowercase c churches begin to compromise now. And I believe we don't know the word of God. We aren't one, we don't know our identity in Christ. We don't know who God is. We are not grounding ourselves in the Word of God. We may go to church on Sunday. We hear what the pastor says. We take it as true, and we go home and we live our lives. And we have forgotten to begin to study God's Word for ourselves. And so when the truth is not getting in us, we're not able to hold the truth, we're not able to stand for truth, and we're not able to speak truth. And so we see a lot of compromise beginning to happen in the lowercase c church, and that's bleeding out into the world. When we don't know how to stand strong, we're not going to be able to hold to our convictions and our biblical values and beliefs. You know, you talked about scripture and how oftentimes we either don't know the word or we're not committed to the word. And so I think about in Genesis when when it says, I'll make men in my image and my likeness and so that they can have dominion. And I personally believe that that's why Satan is on such a rampage is because he is after the fact. He's, he's upset about the fact that we have authority. He's upset about the fact that we've been made in God's image and our likeness. And I believe that if he doesn't find ways to try to erode the identity and authority in our minds and in our hearts that we have, he probably thinks that he can't make as much progress. And I personally believe that when it comes to 
you know, gender confusion, when it comes to, um, you know, same-sex preferences, that that is just one of the things that the enemy is using to get us confused and to destroy the fact that we are made in God's image and likeness and that we do have dominion. What do you think about that? I, I love that you went straight back to Genesis because I believe in the first three chapters of Genesis— if we could really dive into that and believe the first three chapters, believe that God has prepared us, believe that God has entrusted us and equipped us, um, and believe that God has given us everything that we stand in need of, including that authority, uh, we would be better able to hold to our bi biblical values and beliefs. You know, Satan did something in Genesis 3. He tempted Eve. And what he said was, did God really say? Yeah. He does nothing new. He's doing the same thing today. Did God really say that you're a boy? Did God really say you're a girl? Did God really say that a man and wife are what constitute a biblical marriage? And if we can begin to doubt that God is who he says he is. He created us to be who he created us to be. Um, if we, when we take that, um, my mind just blew a moment. <laughs> um, when we begin to look at that, God, is, um, the enemy is asking us the same question. Yeah. And so we have to know who God is and we have to know that we were created in his image. What Satan did to Eve that day was he caused Eve to doubt the goodness of God. Yes. And that is what the enemy is tempting us today um, as our children and us as parents that are walking this journey who have a child that's embraced the LGBTQ identity. One of the biggest things for me when my daughter came to me with her same-sex attraction um, even though I was a Bible study teacher, I taught Bible in a local high school. I was on the women's ministry team. I had a ministry in my home to women, to disciple women on how to study God's word. When my daughter came to me, one of the first things that happened is I began to doubt God's goodness. Wow. God, how could you have allowed this to happen to my daughter? How could you have allowed this to happen to me? Yeah. And I began to to question who he was. I began to question if he was at work. I began to question, you know, why I don't understand why you didn't let me know this was coming. I was a praying mom. Yeah. And if God and if the enemy can begin spiraling us in that way, then he's won. Thankfully, God met me there and was able to bring a firm foundation and move forward, but Man, if he if he can get us to doubt his goodness and his faithfulness, then we're we're it spinning. Yeah, it makes sense, Melinda, because if you think about it, I'm a strategy person. Like before everything else, I am very, very strategic in my personal life, in my my business life. Um, I've taught strategy for years. And if I'm the enemy, he did exactly what he should do, because if he only got into the mind of your daughter it would be much more difficult for him to be successful. He knew that you were a praying mother. He knew what you believed. And so he thought, if I'm going to have some inroads into this family, I can't just attack the mind and, of the daughter and get her questioning God. I also have to do the same with the mother as well, because if not... I won't win this battle. And I don't, if, if he's like most, you know, boxers and stuff, they don't usually get into the ring with people that they don't think they can win the fight. 
And so he did exactly what he was supposed to do. And it blows my mind the number of Christians today that see, I don't know what the numbers are. Um, I don't know what all the statistics are, but it blows my mind the number of believers that don't think that this is an attack. I sent out an email last week to my list um, when I started this uh, community of Kingdom Trailblazers, I sent out an email to my list and I said, our foundational values and morals are being eroded at every turn. And, you know, obviously the email went on with a little e explanation. And I had a lady who was on my list that emailed me back and she basically said, Christianity is alive and well. I don't know what you're talking about. This religion is thriving more than it ever has. Um, we're free to worship and not be killed like they are in other countries. And she goes on and on and on. And I emailed her back and I said, while that may be true, we also see um, gender confusion at an all-time high. We see drag queens at parades that are holding signs that say, we're coming after your children. There's an attack on Israel. There's governmental policies that are put in place that are in direct contradiction to the word of God. And I could go on. This lady emailed me back and said, no one is coming after your children. No one. See, the enemy has, has won right How there. How can they be so blind? I'm part of a thriving Christian community here in New York City, and things are better than they've ever been. No one's coming after your children. No one. I didn't respond anymore after that because I, um, I wasn't there to debate her. The only thing that I could do was pray for the Lord to open her eyes of understanding. But how have we as thriving Christians that belong to thriving Christian communities, how have we come so blind that we don't recognize that the things that are going on around us in this world are a direct contradiction and opposition to all things, God? How, how have we gotten that blind? I believe it's small, tiny steps. And I believe that we can become lulled into what is comfortable, what is familiar to us. And when the changes happen over time very slowly, then it, it's like you've heard the story about, you know, the frog in the boiling water. Yeah. Well, the frog wouldn't have just jumped into boiling water, but what happens is slowly that temperature is turned up. And that's what has happened with us. I mean, I look back, Shana, my daughter came out to me in 2011, fall of 2011. At that time, I, like I said, I was on the women's ministry team in a rather lar large church. I taught Bible study in a um, two women. I taught in a local college, uh, high school. I taught Bible. I was out, you know, I was um, participating in other people's lives. I was hearing what was going on in women's fam in women's lives and their needs and things like that. But at that time, when my daughter came to me, I knew of no other person who had struggled with same-sex attraction, and I knew of no other family walking through what my family was now facing. Yeah. I felt very alone, very alone. In fact, it was almost two months. It was almost two months before the Lord brought another mom to me that said, hey, I'm walking this too. You're not alone. But now I believe almost every single person within arm's reach can reach someone who is walking this. Yes. That's just been 11, 12 years. Yes. And look at how much it has changed. Yes. You wouldn't have heard at all about drag queens 
10, 10 years ago, even five years ago. And if you did, it was at a nightclub where I expect craziness to be going on, not in my yes. preschool. Yes. Seating time. Or at your local library. Correct. Correct. Well, Melinda, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to give you the opportunity to share some tips and strategies of how people can begin to address some of these hurdles. We'll be right back. God is commissioning women leaders to uphold Christian values and change the course of history for his glory and to mobilize other women to blaze the same trail. Want to know what type of kingdom leader you are and learn specific strategies to impact change based on your type? Find out by going to kingdomtrailblazerquiz.com right now. All right. Welcome back. So let's get to what can we do about some of this stuff? So there's a saying, you're a Southern girl, that you attract more bees with honey, right? Yes. And so I know that you are a big proponent of when you're having these tough conversations with your child or with anyone that has been entrusted in, into your care, the importance of balancing grace and truth. Because I'm a big proponent of it's just basic communication skills that if you ever want someone to hear you, you can't start the conversation off by something that is either going to offend them or causing them to be defensive or else they're never going to hear what it is that you're saying, let alone receive it, process it, be transformed by it. So how do we how do we do that? Especially because I can only imagine that when your daughter came to you with this conversation, you were probably feeling a myriad of emotions. So how do you, despite what it is that you're feeling, how do you actually have these types of conversations? How do you balance grace and truth? Mm, such a good and much needed question, Shana. I, I'm going to start with a word that is not common today, but it's humility. Mm. I believe the first thing that we need to go is humbly before the Lord and ask for his heart, his mind regarding this person that God has placed in front of us. And then we need to go to that person in humility as well. Uh, it You just said you can catch a lot of bees with honey, right? And that that's exactly what needs to go on in these conversations. We need to meet that person in the opposite spirit. And right now, what is rising up all around us is pride. Mm. And so if I really want to get to the heart of that person, if I really want to hear and have a conversation that is going to produce good fruit, then humility is the be best place to start. I need to humble myself before the Lord and ask the Father, what is your heart regarding this person? How can I meet you where you are at work? How, how uh, can I continue to surrender myself to allow you, Holy Spirit, to speak through me? and to give me ears to hear. Uh, my husband and I serve in Honduras on basis. We haven't been lately, but for a while we were going every year. And we had this woman that would get in line. We had a medical clinic going on and she would get in line and, and she had like five children with her. And so I walked over, it was a long line. She would stand in that line almost two hours to see the doctor. And so I was helping her with her children. Well, she saw the doctor 
And he he told gave her vitamins, everything she needed. She moved on while I looked. And sure enough, she got back in line to stand for another probably one to two hours. So I went over there and I said, what's going on? And and uh, the translator said, oh, she said that her baby is, is still sick. Wow. And it's like, okay, well, you just saw the doctor, but okay. So he sees the, you know, I'll walk with her again through that. She sees the doctor and he said, I've given you what you need. Your baby is fine. And um, so he bids her on. She leaves. I look, Shana, she's back in the line for the third time. And I was like, okay, what's going on? So I was like, Holy Spirit, what what is happening here? And I believe that when we surrender our hearts and our ears to the Holy Spirit, He's going to speak. And he, she was a mom who just needed to be seen. Wow. And needed more than just, you know, here's your vitamins and move on. So I grabbed a couple of students. We put the mom in a chair. They rubbed her shoulders. They washed her feet. feet. Um, they gave her a manicure and a pedicure. And I took the kids off to play for about 30 minutes. That mom just knew she needed to be seen and heard. And I believe that that is true for all of us. We right. want to be seen, we want to be known, and we want to be heard. And so if we can enter into these conversations with humility and and not fighting for our right or fighting for what we believe needs to be said or our opinion, but entering it and saying, I want to hear this. Where, how did you come to this conclusion? Um, is there something in your life that triggered these thoughts for you? But enter into it with a true heart to hear that person defenses begin to fall down and we're going to be able to connect heart to heart. And that's where change happens. Yeah, that's so good. Um, you did this a little bit just now, but I want to ask it in a more direct way. Can you give us some language? Like, can we role play for a second? Like, can yes. you give me some examples of either how we start the conversation Um even if they come to us, how do we start the conversation? Are there certain phrases that we can use? I, I really just want to make sure that people are really equipped to have more productive conversations. Yeah. So one of the things is um, if you know, if you have someone in your family that this is going on, let them know you're a safe place. You know, and it may not always, just, just because we can speak truth, it doesn't mean we always need to speak truth. Oh, wow. How like, do we how do we know when not to? <laughs> Tell me what you mean well, by that. Well, one thing is being in tune with the Holy Spirit, and He's going to allow that. And follow their conversation and their lead. Just because you know someone may be struggling with same-sex attraction, it doesn't mean that you need to walk up to them and say, hey, what you're going through is sin. You have no idea where this person is on their journey. Maybe they understand that, and they're just trying to discover, okay, God, I know this isn't what you have for me, but I don't know who to share this with. I don't know how to tell someone without being judged that this is what I experience. I don't want this. I know it's wrong. I just need help walking this out. So yeah. the very first thing is being a safe place. The second thing is asking questions. When did you start experiencing this? Has something happened that might have triggered these feelings. Uh, do you, I know you are experiencing these feelings, but are you still wanting to align with God's word? How is your relationship with the Lord? These are just some questions that will begin to open up the conversation with that person. And you're not judging that person. You're giving them a free space, a, 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 
place where they can feel non-judged and able to share their heart. Um, Another thing is um, if you've had the conversation, let's say you have a child that's already come to you and said, hey, mom, dad, I feel like I'm a boy or I'm a girl and um, or I have same sex attraction. If you've already had the hard conversation, you don't have to have the hard conversation every time you see them again. That's good. I think about if the, uh, if I came in the house every day and my husband wanted to point out all my sins every single time, right when I came in, you know, into the house, into the kitchen, and he was like, okay, Melinda, don't forget that you're a liar. Um, you've been coveting your friend's closet, the clothes in her closet. Um, you've been jealous over here. What is that going to do? I'm going to want to shy back from him. I'm not going to want to enter into those conversations. But what is the scripture? It says, love covers a multitude of sins. Yeah. And then coming to the realization, I am not the one, you are not the one that is going to open the eyes of the blind. That is the role of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And so when we can understand his role, and understand our role, we're more easily able to align to what the Holy Spirit is doing in that person's life. Yeah, that's so good. He brings sanctification. He opens the eyes of the blind. He's the one that creates hunger and thirst within them. He's the one that produces righteousness in them and gives them a desire to know God. My role is to pray for them, to seek the Father's heart for them, to be in tune with the Holy Spirit so that I am able to have these holy uh, these conversations. My role is to love them, to be a safe place for them, and to continue to fight for them on my knees. That's so good. So, Melinda, before we begin to wrap up, are there any final words that you would have for our listeners? I believe one of the biggest things that we need to understand, especially if we aren't the ones walking through this, um, God has entrusted us. Mm. Whether you're a mom or a dad, a grandparent, an aunt, a sibling, or perhaps you were just a friend or a church member that knows that someone is struggling with this, God has entrusted this journey to us. And as we engage with him, he's going to equip us to love that person, to truly be the hands and feet of Jesus to that person. And the more we stay in alignment with the Holy Spirit, the more we spend that time in God's word, the more we know the word and allow the word to get in us, the more we are going to be able to come alongside that person and walk this out with them, pointing them to Jesus. Yeah, that's good. Melinda, how can our listeners follow you on social media? Yes. So my favorite place to hang out is Instagram. So I'm at Melinda H. Patrick on Instagram. I have a podcast, The Bridge Between Us, Loving Your LGBT Child Without Compromising Truth. And uh, yeah, I can also send you a link if anyone wants to join and get more information, uh, send you a link to my newsletter. And I have a book coming out. I forgot about this. Well, I don't know how I forgot about that. I have a book coming out. Tell me about the book, girl. Yes. Uh, uh, Around the 1st of March, it's called The Daring Rescue, Joining Jesus Christ in His Pursuit of Your LGBTQ Identified Child's Heart. And so this is just going to be equipping parents to join Jesus Christ in that pursuit because Scripture says that He is pursuing them. 
So how can we join him where he's at work? That's so good. I will make sure that the links to all of this is in the show notes. I'm assuming that if they get on your newsletter, they'll they'll be able to find out exactly where they can get the book when it comes yes. out, all of that good stuff. So I will make sure that all of those links are in the show notes. So Melinda, I thank you so much. Thank you. Being here and sharing these nuggets. Everyone share, share, share this episode because if there is anyone listening to this episode that does not know someone that is struggling with this identity, I would be so shocked. (laughs) So please share this episode with everyone that you know so that we can begin to have more productive conversations. Um, I hope you've been blessed by this episode like I have and that you will go back and listen to previous and future episodes as well. Everyone have a great day. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to a God Shift podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share it with someone else. Be blessed.